Hey, Michael, this is part two of the Matador deal. In the first part of this deal, uh, in our new evaluation using Combo Curve and Well Database, you covered how to set this deal up in part one. This is part two. We really get into the type curves and coming down to the bottom line number. Is this deal worth what you're paying for it? Absolutely. Part one was the sizzle. Now we're about to get into the steak. So let's do it. All right, so we need to go in here and create our type curve. So let's go ahead and create a new type curve here by just saying create type curve. They make it really simple for you. Wolf Camp A, we'll call this type curve. We got to make sure we select our field forecast, and that's pretty much it. We'll use best fit. We want to use rate ratio, blah, blah, blah. And now what we're going to do is get a nice overview of exactly the productive quality of all of these different wells. So nice. here's kind of the standard view I like to look at right here. This is the production curve normalized to time zero. So what I like, when you hear normalized to time zero, this assumes they all launched and started producing the same day, AKA time zero. So you can get an idea of nice. a well's performance relative to each other. We see right below that is a distribution of the overall Estimated EUR. What is EUR again? Estimated ultimate recovery. How much oil is the well going to make? And you can see the distribution laid out with your P90, your P50, your average, and then your P10, which is, again, just distribution numbers. Anybody that comes from statistics would tell you that those numbers are backwards. P90 should be your best and P10 should be your worst. In oil and gas, we like to think we're smarter than everybody else because we are and we flip it. I'm just kidding. We're you actually dumber than most people. So our P10 is the best. P90 is the worst. Right here, you've got a little bit of a map that shows you, okay, here are, here, here are kind of where those wells are relative to each other. So we can see we have a nice little conjunction here. We actually got one well that we stepped out here, the James Ranch unit. Um, 2020, we got a landing zone in the Wolf Camp. Um, it's an XTO well, interesting. And then here, what we have here is our perf lateral length. Okay. And so what this shows us is what is what is the the lateral length versus the EUR aka at a 4000 foot perf lateral length we've got a 400,000 EUR. And what this is going to help us do and what this data is going to help us do really is normalize. Because what we need to do remember Stu, what do we need to do? We need a mile two and a half mile laterals or 12,000 foot laterals. So we go one to one fit and this is going to allow us to create a fit based upon 12,000 feet. Okay? So now we're going to be yep. able to do copy to all phases. We're going to normalize. And now, what's going to happen? We're now going to see that we have EUR multipliers on some of these. See? Some of these, Stu, have a 1.2% multiplier. What does that mean? It means their lateral length was shorter than 12,000 feet. So we need to upscale this average EUR in order to account for the fact that there's more theoretical productive lateral length. As always, there's risk to this. You know, you don't know that drilling farther in the formation is going to do this. But yeah, we have to make some assumptions here. And again, this is another assumption that we're making is that the lateral throughout this entire 12,000 foot lateral is going to be just as productive. You could argue it's not. It's part of the reason why I use one-to-one -one because it takes each individual well into account versus creating what I would call a linear fit, which is one line that is the average of all of them. So there are ways to mitigate that risk. Again, that's why I choose one-to-one -one versus linear. You could also do a, a two-factor fit. I tend to find that one-to-one -one works best, but again, the goal is to come up and align your own workflow. So now let's come over here into the fit. 
Let's go ahead and make sure here we've got enough stuff. I want to, we want to make sure that we're not, we're not um, crucifying these here. So I think these factors will work. Let's go ahead and just run it and see what our, our type curve looks like. Boom. We like that. Uh, I do too. Now, something interesting that pops out to me on this. Okay. So let's go ahead. I don't really care about the cross plot. Let's go look at our type curve fit. Let's see what our gas looks like. Let's go ahead and switch this to gas. Okay, so we've got, I mean, you've got some, some good stuff here. Here's what scares me a little bit right off the bat, Stu. We've got our EURs up here, okay? So let's go ahead and expand this. I'm seeing a big distribution here between our, our, our low end, our P50, our, our best fit, and our P10 fit. Now, a lot of them have similar IPs, but what I'm seeing is... We kind of zoom in here a little bit. There's a little bit of a variance right here, right? Which is is a little bit cause for concern. What we would love to see is everything stacked on top of each other. Our P10, our P50, our best fit, and our P90 right. were all one number. Because what does that mean? That means you have less variance. And one of the ways that combo curve makes it easy to discover this is what's called a probit plot. Now, this is something that we could do in Excel, but again, combo curve makes it easy. They give us the statistics for us. So let's go ahead and turn the legend on. Here we go. And here's the big thing I like to look at. P10 versus P90 ratio. Nice. What that, what that is, is the ratio between your highest distribution, in this case, our P10 and our lowest distribution. And it gives you a, 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 a ratio. The higher the number, the more variance your data has, aka the cause for concern. Everybody has their own numbers in mind from a ratio. I think the first question you're probably asking is, well, what ratio? What's a good one? What's a bad one? One is the best. Think about it. Two numbers divided by each other is one. One's good. 1.5 is good. Two's good. Three's getting a little worse. Four's okay. You start getting five, six, seven, eight, nine. Understand that, okay, yeah, I, I still am confident maybe that my distribution is correct. But you're going to need to test all of your different P10, P50, and P90 cases. And if your P90 case isn't profitable, watch out because there's a there's a chance it it, it happens because your distribution is way. So that's what I would say here. So in our case with a 5.6, we should probably run a P10, a P50, and a P90 scenario. You should probably nice. do that. We will probably just run a P50 for time's sake. But in a in what I would call a a legitimate data room, I would flag myself right here and say, whoa, we're going to have to run all of our different scenarios because I think that's too high of a variance. But it's the power of combo curve. We were in 20 minutes able to figure out, hey, we're probably going to need to dig into these more. And that's, I think, the critical part with a lot of these deal valuations is especially if you're in a high-flying environment where you're getting deals coming at you quickly and you need to make right. decisions quickly, you got to look for the fatal flaw quickly. And you have to be able to identify the fatal flaw quickly because if you can't identify the fatal flaw, then that's in your mind. Maybe this is a deal worth doing and there's some more due diligence right. involved. And so right now, if we're talking about a fatal flaw in this deal, this would be a cause for concern. Is it a fatal flaw? We'll find out. But what we need to do now is we need to come back and create some single well forecasts yep. in order to then create a scenario. And remember, what was it? Six wells, Stu? Yep, it was six wells. So Wolf Camp A, we'll call this the Simon 
Number of wells, six. We're just creating some generic wells here, okay? And what this is going to allow us to do is come back to our project. We're going to create a new forecast, and we'll call this the Simon Wolf Camp A Simon Single Wells Forecast. We're going to filter our wells. And we're going to select just the ones we created. We're going to apply. We're going to apply. And now we have six blank wells here with no type curve. Well, what do we need to do? Well, we need to go load our type curve in for all of these. Okay? So here's what we need to do. We need to come in here. We need to go add type curve. Pick our first production date. Pick our Wolf Camp type curve. We'll take best fit. Oil EUR, 444,000. Not horrible. We'll go ahead and apply it. Look what happened. Ah, now we have a type curve. And so with si just six wells, it makes classic sense, Stu, to just come in here and do this for each one because we need to make sure our first production dates are correct. Remember, we've got two that spud in February. Ooh, right. and four in April. So I already got this one wrong. So we'll have to go back in and reapply that type curve. We've got all of our type curves loaded. We've got the first prod dates is April, April, um, February, February. And so now we've got what we would consider a type curve for each well loaded into combo curve. Now let's go create our scenario. Nice. You said something interesting earlier, Stu, about hey, Matador, their, their stock yeah, price. You, you, you're yeah, selling them? I was, oh, no. I've, I've been uh, making money on uh, Matador uh, personally, just playing on the market. And I was looking at my charts. Monday, uh, 5th of June of this year, my charts showed a buy. And as you jumped in the type curve then, my automatic uh, trailer uh, kicked in. And normally a 5% trailer is what I put on Monday, October 16th that kicked me out and I'm watching again for the stock buyback and I'm now targeting about their $62 range is what my chart is showing as a buyback. Again, I give no personal uh, advice. I mean, no investment advice, but charts don't lie. <laughs> I don't give investment advice, but here's my buy and sell signals. Love it. <laughs> Love it, Stu. Hey, it's just what the chart says, dude. Nah, I'm, giving you a time. I'm, giving, I'm giving you a hard time. No, you've been, you've been very successful trading oil and gas stocks. I'll give you credit because I've had a terrible, I've had a terrible luck of it. Believe it or not, um, Enphase is a solar chip manufacturer that is now back on my radar. Go figure that one out. Interesting. So quickly, guys, what I did is I just set up my general settings here. And this is something you're always going to have to do, especially if you have a new project. Um, you could go ahead and get your general settings from other projects if you wanted to, but I like to just create my new general settings per project. Aggregation date, just the date everything starts. I like to change everything into barrels, MCF, um, dollars, so it's easier to read. Discount table, I keep the same. So here's that Here's that level 10% discount we'll be looking at, but there here's some other levels we'll be looking at. So again, key is we want to aggregate this come January 1st because that's that's probably the effective date of this deal. 
And now right. we just got to go start adding all of our stuff. What's this right here? Choose reverse category. We'll call this uh, um, probable um, undeveloped or what we would call PUD. Save as. We'll use the model on all of that. We got to just put a base model in here. So we'll just put us, we're just going to put this in here for now. Um, and we'll save this. We'll come back to the working interest in a bit, Stu. Okay. Um, save as our dates. So remember, we'll probably put the as of date as January 1st again to line up with our aggregation date. We do want cash flow prior to as of date. That's critical. And we'll call this Jan 2024, aka because CapEx, aka Jibs, mm -hmm. are due before that. So that is once we get it and start modeling CapEx. Um, so drilling, remember, these comes out in one unit. So this is all based on 100% working interest. So we know $13 million, and this is in millions, okay? Don't be fooled. It's going to come minus 30 days after or minus 30 days before the first production date, okay? So we know that we're going to get hit with a bill 30 days before drilling. It's usually how jibs work. 13 million CapEx. Save that bad boy. Use the model. We're going to go ahead and get our strip pricing. And this is where combo curve makes it so great is because instead of using a flat price stew, we can go ahead and get ourselves the strip pricing. I love it. And we know based upon our little data room here that, oh, I don't have it on here. Well, I remember it. It was a 35% NGL oil to oil price percent. So plus, and then this is a 35% NGL. We're going to save as. We're going to use that model. Um, no differentials in the field, um, but we do have some different stream properties. And remember, there's natural gas liquids associated with this. And conveniently, we got this 70% shrink. We've got the parameters that we need. So let's go and fill that in right now. We'll move that over. Our NGL yield, love it. About 140 barrels. And that's of unshrunk gas. BTU content, 1400. And percent gas remaining, 70%, because we've got a 30% shrink. And so there is how you would load in, and we'll call this Simon Wolf Camp A Simon NGL Streams. Save as. And now, just like that, you've modeled NGLs. It's hard to model NGLs. People don't like to do it. Combo Curve makes it so easy to do that. Now, expenses. Aha, this is where it gets spicy. Everybody has their own expense model. What does that look like? What does it not look like? I'm going to go ahead and say, okay, for simplicity here, simplicity people would say fixed cost or dollar per BOE. Well, we could do that, but I like to have a mix of variable and fixed. I know for a fact that these wells are probably going to have $7,500 worth of fixed expenses. Probably, if we're being honest, I'm going to change that to 10 why do I think this? Think about, these are new horizontal wells. You've got electricity. You've got pumpers. You've got copus that's going to get charged to the well. It's probably a grand of copus. Not that it's going to be all to you, but you're going to have to see that. What is copus, if you're asking? It's administrative fees. And the operator 
can charge really whatever they want. It's up to you to accept whatever that COPUS charges. So I'm going to assume there's about $10,000 a month of fixed expenses. I'm going to assume they have their own saltwater disposal systems. They better. And let's see if we can go back to their earnings report here. Let's go see if we can find anything about their um, water um, production. I know that I know I saw a slide in here that was talking about um, their takeaway midstream. We got midstream. We know they'll be sending that strong, well results. We love that and integrated midstream strategy. Good thing. Good thing. Record production. 3,400 barrels per day. Woo! Crazy. That's a lot. So I'm going to assume they're disposing of it via a saltwater disposal well. You have to. You're drilling six wells. You've got to have a disposal on, on, on site. So we're going to assume a saltwater disposal. What we're also going to do, is I noticed this, Stu. They broke down their operating costs for us. L-O-E. L-O-E. Nice. Lease operating costs. $5.34. Now that's total. And now that is what we would call a unit operating cost per BOE. This makes it, you know, again, this wraps everything up into one number. So we could either use that number, $5 per bit BOE, and just call it is what it is. Or right. we could again do what we're going to do is say, okay, it's probably more like $3 on top. It's probably $10,000 of that of expense per well. It's probably $3 per barrel. And it's probably on the gas side, I'd say about 30 cents to produce. That's a general fee. Again, I would, I would highly recommend looking at and, and diving into some of the midstream, but that's kind of a classic variable expense for gas. We've got our model fixed up. We've got oil at $3 a barrel. We've got gas at about 30 cents in MCF, and we've got about $10,000 a month worth of fixed expenses. We're going to call this Eddy County expense model. I'm going to save as. I'm going to go ahead and use it. I'm going to come over here to production taxes. I'm going to go ahead and say, okay, 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 New Mexico. Call this New Mexico taxes. Save as. I'm going to use the model. And now we've got everything in here that we need to go ahead, besides our forecast. How stupid. Now we've got everything we need to run. But what we need to do now is load in our actual working and net royalty interest. So let's go ahead and do that. So now we've got it downloaded. We'll go ahead and uh, click. Bring over our model so we've got everything here and we're just going to copy and do a quick copy paste whoa 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 go one here perfect we're going to go file we're going to save we're going to save we're going to come in here to our pud and we're going to say ownership and reversion we're going to save Import, choose file, go back into, where, where was it? PUDs, here we go. We'll call it Wolf Camp Ownership and Reversion. Start the import, 
And now you see, ah, we have our new working interest. And now we have everything we need to do this. Run the scenario and see what it looks like. All right, here we go. Stu, it's generated. We've got everything that we need to do to answer the question, what would we pay? So we've got our gross volumes, we've got our net volumes, but we need to come all the way over here and look at our discounted discounted cash flows, which really are, if you come over to monthly, you have an idea of what your cash flows look like. But what I like to do even better is just go export our aggregate cash flow that's generating. So you could look through all these numbers or, as I like to do, Combo Curve just makes it easy and generates a summary for you. And this oh, is, nice. again, where we need to look. We've got everything oh, we need here. You've got the number of wells. You've got all your volumes, cash flows, realized pricing, operating incomes, net investment. And then the ultimate question is your before-tax cash flow. You have an IRR percentage. And what is this telling you, Stu? This is telling you that for an acquisition cost, that's about as much as you'd want to spend. Wow. The three thousand. So this gives you everything now you need to know to make a decision. Now, the question is, is the acquisition even worth? The question I'd be asking in this scenario is, is this project even worth acquiring? No one's going to give it to me for free. What's no. the buyer want for it? If the buyer wants anything more than 300K, there ain't much meat on this bone. But that no. is how the power of both of these tools can lead you in quick, I mean, these, both of these parts were, were 30 minutes. So we, we spent an hour right now, guys, diving into what these deals, what this deal looks like. And we're able to come to a conclusion quick. There's a lot of other stuff. Oh, we absolutely. Could do. This was a bigger yeah. deal. You could argue we dive into more stuff. But what does this tell us? There's meat on this bone. How much, though? At, at what price? And at what price? So we appreciate you guys checking out our, our, our first go at this. Um, we, we may try to, some of these are going to be in two parts. Some like this one was, some of them will be in one part, like minerals deals. There's no type curves. Um, there's some other things we want to dive into specifically and in some of the features of this stuff, but look for these to be coming out. Uh, probably try to get out to a month. Not sure what that frequency will look like, but um, love putting these out there. Stu, you got anything else? Yeah. Oh, you bet. We even will uh, do these for folks uh, as they need them. Contact us, and we'll be glad to do these uh, with you. If you want, if you want one of your deals of value, if you want Stu to eviscerate your deal live, let us know. He'll come on well, here and do it. He'll absolutely. he'll throw out bad management, bad numbers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm With kidding. That. We would love to evaluate anybody's deal. Um, call us up um, and, and you could be featured. But uh, until next time, guys.